Blog Talk Radio. Festival 
is to bring awareness and connection and interconnection with um, us, all of us, uh, bridging indigenous cultures, women's wisdom, and environmental issues, and science uh, to look at where we are on our planet to reach our arms around each other and our Mother Earth, Father Sky, water, air, light, animals, all of us. How are we in relationship to our planet and to each other? And so we've selected 12 films that go into various avenues of these thematic ideas with the hope that as we become more aware and alive to each other and the way we think, that we will be able to make some paradigm shifts. We'll be able to begin to reposition and rethink some of the ways that we've been uh, going through the world today. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, I personally feel very strongly about the work you're doing in respect to this film festival because as we all agree here and far beyond us, that film is sort of the uh, the novel of the day. It's the medium that speaks right to the heart of people, unlike any other medium I think that we can come across. Poetry doesn't do it in the same way as it used to. You know, with the advent of technology being what it is, we're able to capture such searing images. Well, it used to be on celluloid, now on video. Um, <clears throat> you know, electronic um, data, of course, is what it is. But the images are so real based on high def, etc., that we feel like we are literally in somebody else that's being portrayed in the films. And I would say that uh, in Older Than America, in your film, Georgina, we very much mm-hmm. have that feeling that we can stand in the shoes of many of the people um, in the film. And it's uh, also a a tip of my hat in the direction of the director who was able to actually make that happen and, uh, you know, your whole team. So, Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Nancy, by highlighting the, you know, dozen or so films that you are in this kind of venue, surrounded and enveloped, by the way, everybody should know, by incredible, really high-pedigree musicians playing and uh also by engaging the audience, which uh, we'll be doing with the filmmakers, um, oftentimes getting Skyped in, maybe one or two in person, but mainly, you know, they're across the country, and uh, in many cases, I mean, you'll be speaking, and I'll be moderating and facilitating with uh, those conversations with the audience. So in that sense, there's a great group audience participation Because, you know, I love the line of Reverend Jesse Jackson. We all took different boats here, but we're all in the same boat now, you know. (laughs) And we have to so much act in unison, in concert, as a group of human beings. And, you know, on the level of of species. And uh, work together harmoniously to um, protect our beautiful planet and protect all of the flowers in our garden. So... uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about when it's happening, and then we'll go deeper into uh, the particulars of uh, Older Than America. 
Uh, well, the festival begins, it opens where on March 19th. Yeah, the festival opens on March 19th, uh, and that night we will fit, feature the David Schnitter Jazz Quintet with vocalist Marty Maben, and then we will see the trailers of all 12 films and a surprise short, and uh, we will have a reception, so that should be a great kickoff. Um, and then we fun. play By the way, Friday. you made the point to me that David Sch- uh, Schmitter... Uh, played with Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. Oh, yes. He yeah. was uh, a key saxophonist for years with him. Schnitter, and I'm sorry, yeah. uh, he's, uh, yeah. they're, they're terrific, terrific. Fabulous. Yeah, so then uh, that's at 7 o'clock on March uh, 19th, and then we go right on to Friday at 7 o'clock with um, Occupy the Farm, an incredible uh, film um, from California, and then the following day, Saturday the 21st at 3, we have Secrets of the Reef, an incredibly interesting underwater film that will fascinate uh, young people, children, and families. And then that evening at 7, we have Eco Pirate, the story of Paul Watson, uh, the amazing um, maverick uh, person who helped start Greenpeace and is now protecting yeah. the whales, the dolphins, and seals. And then Sunday, the 22nd at 3, uh, we have a film called The Whisperer, made in Ukraine about a woman shaman. And in and following that, we have a wonderful film called Paradise with Side Effects, uh, which follows two Tibetan women that are that come from the Himalayas to London to see what the West is like, and we examine and see through their eyes what our life is like in the West, and it's quite an eye-opener. And then on Sunday, in the uh, 7 o'clock, that same day, March 22nd, uh, we'll have a beautiful film called Symphony of the Soil, and um, (laughs) that is quite an exquisite film about Mother Earth and all that she gives us, and uh, done through... um, through science and through visual images and beautiful music. And let me just say, that's just the first week, but each one of these <laughs> films will have um, music oh my God. Uh, that precedes live music, that precedes each of the films uh, that will that speak to the atmosphere, the emotion, the feeling of the film that will lead us into the film. And then at the end of the film, we will have either a discussion uh, with the filmmaker in in person or on Skype. So it's um, it's it's going to be quite a a, a great um, great uh, festival. And now yeah. I can go on to the second week, but maybe it's time. Well, let's to, hold uh, off on that for now. Yeah, let's and hold let's off. And let's dive on that. into the subject. And but later, I really would like you to share it with us because it's. It's so instructive anyway to learn about the different subjects that are being addressed in films these days, and uh, it's really rich for our audience. So please, thanks so much for that. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. Um, And some of the subjects are really, really searing down really to the level of soul, and one of those is Older Than America. Uh, and the director with us, the filmmaker, uh, Georgina 
Lightning is with us right now and about to tell us a little bit about this. It's a really interesting film as well because it uh, it stars Adam Beach and Bradley Cooper as well as Georgine. So you're both the filmmaker, director, and uh, one of the stars. How did you pull that one off? We'll just talk first on that level. Well, um, I mean, I had had the project in development for about a year and um, wrote the story. And so I wrote the characters. And so I, you know, developed a new reign very well. So when it transitioned into directing and with the age of digital and where we can do playback, that's what made it possible. Because I could direct, I could block, and then I could take a look at playback and make the adjustments and then move in. So it's just switching hats from director to actor being able to yeah. switch back and forth, you know. So, yeah, and because I knew the character very well, I could just slip into that. So it was, and it was, you know, right. not a very complex character. So, yeah, it made it very, very right, popular. Right. Well, I have mm-hmm. to ask you, well, you did a, a beautiful job. You really did. I, I'd i love Thank to you. just um, ask one question from the outset, which is probably completely unfair to the audience, but it will be certainly an incentive for them, another incentive for them to see it. Um this is based on a true story, is it not? Yes, it is. Yeah. The residential okay. school experience happened all over North America. And my family, my father and my uh, aunts and uncles, a lot of extended family, uh, everyone in the community was um, institutionalized in residential school. So it's, um, you know... The aftermath, the result is what we're living today. And so I just, I needed to address that because we're dealing with so many epidemics across the board and there's no understanding as to how we got there. So this was kind of an in-between. There's little appreciation of the history or the context, absolutely. So just to set a context, um, uh, you yourself were, uh, are um, native-born, is that correct? Your bloodlines? Could you just tell us yes, a little I'm bit Cree. about that? And then define what a residential school is. Okay. Well, I am I am from the Plains tribes in, in the West, and I'm from uh, the Cree tribe. My dad's from up north in Saw Ridge, um, of north of Alberta. And um, the residential school system, which happened all over North America, um, my father was institutionalized first in a school in Alberta called Gruard, which was um, notorious for really unbelievable crimes against children. And then the secondary school that he went to was uh, St. Mary's, which was in Edmonton. So we were actually, that's where we were born and raised, was in Edmonton. So, so all of this, all of your family is from what we refer to now as Canada. Yeah. From the West, from the yeah. Plains in in uh, Canada, especially Alberta. Yeah. And uh-huh. yeah. so in from this point of view, <clears throat> the Anglos that came to settle, um, many of whom were different, different brands of Christian, but in this case, <laughs> with the residential schools, they were primarily Catholic. Is that correct? Uh, primarily Catholic, yeah. They were shared with uh, and, Mormons and and uh, some Baptists. There was Jesuits that took over the East, so it was it went to whoever the the lowest bidder was. So whoever they would all make bids on who would run these residential schools and whoever could do it for less money. And the Catholics won quite a few times. So, so they took over you mean quite a that large they, they made 
they made bids to the state? To the government, yeah. Who the did they make uh, bids to? The Bureau of Indian Affairs um, would, you know, find a territory and just when they would say they were going to establish a residential school, the churches were allowed to put in bids as to who would be able to run that school. And certain territories were dominated by certain um, dominations. So the Catholic pretty much dominated the whole West, the whole Western area. I see. So the mm-hmm. Canadian version of uh, the Bureau of Indian Affairs uh, had the legal position to designate uh, which denomination, which religion would uh, supervise and operate these school systems for the Native children. And that's yeah. how your father got subsumed and other members of your family got subsumed into these. What when was this happening? What what was the range of time that this was occurring? From the mid eighteen hundreds, the mid eighteen hundreds, right up until nineteen seventy five. There's still there still is residential schools today, but the the tribes have taken over uh, running them now. Oh. So it's not they're not institutions with the purpose of assimilation and colonization anymore. It's for the purpose of education. At least that's what. Okay, it's but is that education? Part of the uh, original culture, or is it a Western Christian education? It's Western Christian academic. Um, yeah, there's. It splits off. Like some of the schools are are Catholic run, and some of them uh, now are non-denominational and with a more cultural base. When the resident, a lot of Tribes have taken over uh, and put cultural components, but then a lot of tribes now are are completely assimilated. So they run their their schools with a with a Catholic or Christian um, influence, because mm. the chief and council now are are totally assimilated into the Bible. So they run it like mm. they were taught to. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, Nancy. I just bring out the 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 point that the during this whole terrible period that the young children as i understand were taken away from the families and forced to go into these schools they had to change their names from their native american names to the uh western names they had to they were not allowed to speak their language and so it was um a, uh, a a kind of uh, cultural genocide that was going on uh, through what appeared to be educating and helping, but in fact it was undermining an entire culture. Is, is that? Yeah, it was to exterminate the Indian. It was kill the Indian, save the man. Was the famous General Pratt um came up with that quote and it stuck with you know it was the influence of of the way that the the schools were run but kill the indian and save the man so with with the complete intention of um uh assimilating them 100% so you know um Dennis Banks who's an activist he's part of American Indian movement he's the one that plays Pete um good feather in the film and when Bradley Cooper comes up to him and says what happened in these schools and he says the best way to kill a man is 
the best way to conquer a nation is to kill them or take away everything that defines who they are. So that's mm. what happened in residential school. They were killed. They were assimilated or killed. A lot of children died in these residential schools. A lot of them. You know, the the number is astronomical. So, um, yeah, it well, was one of the one of the things that. Excuse me. It's a national crime, I think. Um, it's a national crime. It's, it's a crime against humanity. And your Absolutely. film uh, very, very powerfully uh, illustrates it. And uh, if not killing, the taking away of the identity. So what we're looking at is the evisceration of the language, of the cultural mm-hmm. uh, rituals and customs that have been evolving in your Native communities for generations upon generations, going back hundreds and what might also be thousands of years in some way we don't know because the stories, the myths, the legends uh, were emptied out by this kind of assault. And uh, it's just... Why don't you tell us a little bit about the story without giving it all away, if you would... uh, I know this is all very intimate because... It's your family story, and I, I just yeah. want to really acknowledge you for the bravery and the courage that it takes to come out so publicly and viscerally uh, about something that is just so precious as your own skin and marrow, quite honestly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, the the film is not... Like we don't we don't call it a residential school movie. It's it's a story about a woman um, who goes on a journey. Uh, she was raised as a product of residential school, so removed of any culture whatsoever. And she, with this, with the the help of a spirit, her uncle Walter Many Lightnings, he guides her through several different experiences until she actually discovers what happened, the truth about what happened to her mother, uh, that she was thrown in a mental institution and given tons of electric shock therapy because she knew her six kids were buried in, in an unmarked grave at the residential school she attended as, as a child. So it's the discovery of what happened to her mother, and in the end, um, victory prevails. So when you guys all come in and watch the film, you'll see you'll see the results <laughs> of it. But there's ceremony in it. You know, we cover yeah. a lot, and it's all about reuniting with your with your true identity. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I would just the... like to say that... Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, I, I no, just no, please, like to say that, well, um, uh, the first film that I looked at for this series was Older Than America, and mm. it gave me, it's <clears throat> for me the center, the center post for this entire paradigm shifts. First of all, to me, it's an absolutely brilliantly um, creative film from an artistic and storytelling and a filmmaking standpoint. I think it's brilliant. And the first thing that that I said, you're welcome, and my husband, we watched it together, and, and I said, this film should have been in all the major theaters around the country, around the world, as a major film, right up there with all the major films. So that it has that kind of 
power and strength in storytelling so that anyone who comes to see this film, uh, I imagine like me, will be on the edge of their seat because it is so well told. So I just Thank wanted you so to, much. You're welcome. Yeah. I wanted to put that, that forth uh, because it then sort of then the other films in the series uh, branched out uh, with this as the heartbeat of the of the paradigm shift. Interesting. Now, that's very wonderful to mm. hear now, and thanks for sharing that. This, it was sort of like the inspiration for a lot of the other choices that you made, and I know that Absolutely. the plight of the indigenous people uh, is something incredibly important to you. In fact, we really met in a context of the Pachamama Alliance, which is all about alignment with the Achuar Indians, in this case, in uh, Amazonian Ecuador, and uh, the plight that they're facing regarding oil companies and other uh, extractive industries seeking to uh, up, uh, <laughs> basically upend them from their own sacred land. And so, you know, it's very obvious how important it is to you and me. So that's why this is so beautiful. And I've got to say, Georgina, that uh, Bradley Cooper, I mean, of course, he's a consummate actor, but I thought he did a beautiful job in this. It was so real. He was so down to earth. And, uh, of course, that's his acting, and that's also your directing in combination. So uh, really a beautiful job, I think. Across the board. Thank you. Yeah. He's definitely was uh, an amazing is... actor to work with. Yeah. Oh, was he? Uh-huh. He was enjoyable? Yeah, definitely. And yeah. 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 He's so talented and he gives so much. He's prepared and then he he comes on and he's willing to improv and just give, you know, he lends a lot to, uh, the, to the work that he does. So he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Oh, that's really nice to know. And he's got, at this point, mm-hmm. just relatively recently, he has reached such another level of stardom, you know, and appreciation. And it's it's so nice to see a man of that um, that ilk uh, mm-hmm. doing a film like this. I feel like uh, when actors do films that have kind of a social conscience and a social meaning, it speaks really well of them because... Mm-hmm. You know, this is relatively speaking probably a, a pretty low-budget film. It's not like a, a Hollywood spectacle, you know, where he's probably quite in demand. So it says something about his character that he would um, Absolutely. engage you with here. And I, I really appreciate Well, The Older that. Than America, uh, to me, looked like a, a, a high-budget film. I, I think that it uh, stands right up there. Um, with any of the um, big films that give a real panorama of a story, uh, it's, it, it stands right up there. So, um, that's, well, there's uh, a difference between you. high quality what? and high budget. That's yeah. right. There's, it's independently made, so of course independently, and I'm, I'm a Native American, and Hollywood has not once ever in the history of filmmaking funded a Native American film, so I had to raise all the money myself. And it did not have the giant you know, multi-million dollar machine behind it. That's why we could not afford to do a theatrical release. It's so expensive to do. It was it was amazing. We actually got the film film done, and it won 23 awards, including the White House Epic Award. I was the first woman in the really? world to win that award as a storyteller, somebody who's worked 
changes social consciousness. So oh, that was God. quite an honor. So it's been well received, and it's in all. It's you know, and it's uh, been distributed all over the world. It's in many different languages. It's been repackaged as American Evil with Bradley Cooper's face on. So. You know, a lot of people get confused. They're like, we're looking for older than America in our country to share with our people. And I'm like, well, it's under American evil. That was the mistake of the distributor. But, you know, again, it's, oh. it's not the machine so, that was working for it. It was just independent mm-hmm. people. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I see. So uh-huh. they're even more so that it was done in this kind of independent way is just more kudos to you and more... You know, pardon the expression, feathers in your cap, you know, <laughs> quite honestly, you know. That was a bad joke, excuse me. Um, but also a little funny. After all, if we can't laugh at ourselves, we're really sunk. Absolutely. You know? yeah. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. We're on every Wednesday at 6 p.m., and sometimes we uh, we do the interview early, like today at uh Six o'clock on Tuesday. We're glad, and we will re-air this on Wednesday at six p.m. Our ordinary time, our normal time, I should say. And if you're not yet getting our newsletter, make sure to go to a betterworld.tv and you can sign up. It's for free and become part of a better world community. And these newsletters announce our weekly uh, television show here in uh, Manhattan, Community Cable Television, every Monday at 7, and then Progressive Radio Network on Tuesdays at 3 live, and then Wednesdays on uh, Blog Talk Radio at 6. So every week it's a rich array of different stories and wonderful people who are sharing with us their story of what they are doing to contribute to solutions and creating a better world. We all know that when we diagnose the current state of the planet, um, it, it aggrieves any sensitive soul. It breaks the heart. And today's story and today's film that we're discussing with its director and uh, one of its main actors, Georgina Lightning, is making that very clear. The work of Nancy Rhodes through Encompass Opera and uh, the Paradigm Shifts Festival, which is taking place uh, March 19th, starting in New York City in Manhattan at the Baruch uh, Performing Arts Center at, is it, um, it's on Lexington Avenue, is it 90 Lexington Avenue? Is that the address, Nancy? 55. 55, 55 Lexington Avenue, 25th and that's at 25th Street between Lexington and 3rd, and we will be in the Engelman Recital Hall, a wonderful, wonderful recital hall for live music and for film. So uh, it will be a nice um, opportunity to meet a lot of people who are sharing in wanting to know more about how we can preserve, protect, and help Mother Earth and each other. Exactly, and indigenous culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Georgina, Mm -hmm. in fact, are we going to be Skyping you in that evening of Saturday? I'm actually attending. 
Okay. Oh, you're going to I'm be coming here. in town. I'm coming to yes. New York for the screening. I'm going to be present yes. there and, oh, so that I can fabulous. interact with the audience face-to-face. Oh, yeah. fabulous. I'm going to get to thank you in person and hug you. Wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely. <Okay. Yeah. laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yes, I, love it. I, I, I want to make this clear that we are thrilled, absolutely thrilled, uh, that Georgina will be here in person uh, this was a dream of mine, and it worked out with uh, with her with your schedule, Georgina. And we're so yeah. so thrilled about this. Um, and we are also going to be presenting on that night when we show Older Than America. We're going to begin with a live Native American music and ceremony uh, with uh, uh-huh. John Scott Richardson um, and a uh, Reggie Herb. The uh, herb dancer Caesar, and he will be playing Native American flute, and we will be having some drumming and singing that will um, uh, lead into the film, and then Georgina Beautiful. will speak um, about uh, to the audience uh, and have a Q and A, and then we'll have a reception with food and 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 things to 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 drink and so forth. So it will be a wonderful, Beautiful. wonderful evening. And that's on March 28th. That's a Saturday night, mm-hmm. March 28th at 7 p.m. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And for I'm tickets, really looking you can to go to uh, either a betterworld.tv. It's Paradigm Shifts is right there smack in the middle. And, Nancy, there's uh, your website. Tell us, tell the audience. <laughs> yes, they can get the tickets online through EncompassOpera.org or Ovation Ticks. And that number is, <laughs> I always have to look it up, that number is 866-811-4111. And then it's Encompass, and that's spelled E-N-C-O-M-P-A-S-S, Opera, one word, EncompassOpera.org. That has the whole schedule. It has uh, the trailers. It has everything on there um, to uh, participate. As Wonderful. An, uh, Thank you so much, Nancy yeah. Rhodes. That's so mm-hmm. ap- so appreciated. Uh, I, I'd like to take kind of another digger, d- deeper dive into the um, kind of the the themes of the film and what it helps to raise. And uh, it's not spoiling anything, folks. It will help to Mm -hmm. enrich your viewing experience. Uh, But, you know, it's such a pleasure to have you on, Georgina. And, in fact, we're going to have you on my other radio show that I was just making reference to, Progressive Film Hour, where we'll be uh, playing a couple of clips from the film as well, which will be on um, March 24th at uh, 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Tuesday on Progressive Radio Network. For now, I would love to just go in again, because one of the uh, themes that shows up so powerfully is what you could call the shadow side or the dark side of the um, Catholic Church, and as you named several others, Baptist, Mormon, um, etc. We see this shadow side of the political, the economic side of uh, these uh, institutions and the inherent racism that is at base Mm. at the entire idea of conversion 
Um, and one of the points in our conversation offline recently was the harrowing point you made, which was this didn't begin and end in the 18th century when it should never have ever happened in the first place, or mm -hmm. the 19th century, or the 20th century, but in fact, even though we think of this kind of racism as being something of the past, it continues to this day. Could you talk about that? Well, the, um, the genocide uh, that happened, the, the result of it um, is what we're living today, which is a nation filled with PTSD. Um, so the post-traumatic stress disorder that happens uh, from, you know, the experience of being severely abused and uh, neglect, starvation, experimented on, all of the trauma that happens in a residential school, um, now we're dealing with the aftermath of that. So the children, the, the, the people who attended residential school have children, their children are affected. Now we're dealing with transgenerational trauma. So we've, we are the top in every epidemic that you can name right now from suicide, which uh, I met with Chief Willie Littlechild the other day. He's one of the, the head commissioners for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which after the, the apology or faux apology, which people say uh, that Harper gave, in Canada, mm -hmm. uh, they started this Truth and Reconciliation Commission. When was that? When was that, was that apology? When was that apology? The apology was in two was in two oh six, wasn't it? Two thousand six. I don't really know. Yeah. yeah, in June two thousand and six, and so then right after that, they decided to start a Truth and Reconciliation Commission, as they have in South America, Australia, all these yeah. other countries where South colonization Africa. and assimilation, genocide happened. So, and they've given apologies in those countries, and this is you know Harper following suit, and um, so the TRC, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, one of the head commissioners is Chief Willie Littlechild. I was having dinner with him the other night when he said. Do you understand that on uh, he's from my reservation and he said do you understand that on our res there was over 42 suicides in 2 months suicide is unbelievable my dad died of suicide he hung himself when i was 18 and um it's it's running rapid in our communities just as it does in other uh, indigenous communities where there was severe trauma as well but there all the other epidemics too with children where there's more children in care today than ever were in residential school just people are not equipped with parenting skills with with um dealing with their impulse issues the mental illness you know that that runs rampant in our community yeah because of the the PTSD so we've got, you know, the children in care, domestic violence, incarceration, uh, you know, all of these different epic disease, different epidemics. We are the highest in everyone, unemployment, poverty, you name it. So, uh, and, and because of racism, I mean, you know, hatred is a learned behavior, right? So um, yeah. the attitude is like these Indians are just, you know, drunken losers, unemployed bums. You know, it, it's every every stereotypical insult that you could possibly receive from a racist yes. is what's targeted at First Nations. But they don't know why. They don't have any understanding as to, well, there's, you know, several generations, seven generations that actually were institutionalized in residential school. That is with severe abuses, severe, you know, imagine being a, a little child, six years old and the bed next to you, your best friend that you made friends with and became your companion has all of a sudden disappeared. 
you know, and, or the, the, the one on the right bunk shows up and is brutally beaten and is silenced, you know, and uh, the sexual abuse. Like, just, it's constant trauma, so you're in fight, flight, or freeze nonstop, you know? Yeah. And what happens to your brain, the neurology, and then it affects your DNA, then you have another child. You know, that generation has children, that next okay. generation. It's complete deterioration of your spirit and, you know, of your yeah. your endocrine system is violated completely. So all of these um, results of endocrine system being violated, which is, you know, ADD, uh, uh, anxiety disorders, depression, all of these things need to be masked. And so what happens is they numb them through alcohol. You know, there's, it's just a catastrophe we're dealing with today. So, yeah, well, so it's, the it's answer perpetual. now, or the question is how, yeah, it's transgenerational. It's a perpetual cycle. So it's, Absolutely, and it's not stopping until we acknowledge that 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 is a direct. There's a direct link from the trauma to the the life that we're living and, and viewing or witnessing in the First Nations community. So Absolutely. you know, it's, uh, well, yeah, there's a whole other aspect, and we can deal with it. There's a whole other level uh, which has come out in the uh, relatively new field of epigenetics, which is understanding uh-huh. how. Current day behavior, attitude, thought, and emotional expression are directly influencing our own DNA. And so when they are influence mm-hmm. our own DNA, it is changing our own behavior, creating a feedback loop that will either be positive and constructive and creative or negative and destructive and non-creative. Uh-huh. It, it, you know, it, in a sense the brain will just respond to whatever it's fed from that point of view. Uh, so right. not only are we affecting adversely affecting our own lives through the imbibing, if you will, of the trauma, but we're also passing it down generation, generationally. Our own gene pool is being adversely affected. It gets into our literal DNA that we then transmit male as sperm, woman as egg to the next generation uh-huh. as physical genetic material that has been traumatized. Absolutely. Yes. And that's how and deep this runs. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what is so um so important uh through Georgina's work and others is to bring this to the forefront so that people are not walking around uh, wondering why things are the way they are. There yes, are reasons, exactly. and we have to look at them, acknowledge them, and and make it right as best we can at this point. Exactly. And it's, uh, exactly. Uh, I think that truth has been swept under the rug, and this is the great power of the artist. And the artist, the filmmaker, the creator, the storyteller are the ones who bring these stories to the public in a way that we can absorb and see and understand and will help to transform uh, the nightmare and the horror that has happened. <clears throat> and and mm-hmm. that is uh, still the great power of, of the art, that we can Absolutely. then take this and move it into real fiction. So yes. See, and the film, good. just to make clear... The film is does not address all of these the transgenerational tra- trauma that we're talking about. The the this it's a narrative and it's a narrative uh, dramatic suspense film, and it just 
it, it touches in the third act, the residential school experience. And the, the, the reason for that is I just wanted to be able to expose it so that people can come in to the theater and they can be engaged in and entertained and compelled. But if, mm-hmm. if their spirit was attracted to the content, which is residential school, then they can, that it would generate a discussion. And what all I wanted yeah. to do is be able to create a conversation that we could actually bring it up because there's so much resistance, especially since the government of the, you know, of us and Canada is still actually at war with first nations or native Americans. There is, yeah. there's a lot of people that don't, aren't willing or, or have no clue to go there. So this was just, it was a tool for us to be able to change consciousness and shift it and be able to create a dialogue. And it's been very effective in that. So then we can talk about these things that we're talking about right now. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of the artist's voice. That's power of media. Uh, Absolutely. That's right. That's right. There's no question about it. Well, you did a beautiful job in establishing that conversation and uh there's actually a lot more there's the fact that you know to say that uh the current administrations uh that are in political office and power now are still at war could you unpack that a little bit for us well uh okay for 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 example, just all the treaties and agreements with the governments, both governments in Canada and U.S., um, yeah. treaties are still being violated and broken. There's still resources that can be stolen or, or redirected to the government. So while there's still an intention of, of gaining all the resources, they are still technically at war, not at one. I mean, we were only allowed to vote in the 60s. It became okay are acceptable for us to practice yeah. our culture and have a ceremony without being thrown in jail or, or burned. So, I mean, yeah. we're just very new into this alignment, but we're still not in. It's still us yeah. against them. In our, in our tribes, if any, if any person has served in the government, they are not allowed to run for chief and council. It's, it go you either oh. you, you have to take a pick you're either this or that just like you know oh, yeah. so many First Nations or Native Americans have served in the wars but in order for them to serve the in the in the war they had to disassociate they lost their tribal enrollment and had to disengage as an Indian and become an American or a Canadian and uh. then when they come back from war nobody wants you know they're not they're not served anywhere because then they're not a tribal member under the Bureau of Indian Affairs or Indi- you know. Uh, the Indian Affairs doesn't recognize them because they've disenrolled. And then the government looks at them and says, well, go back to your tribe. You're not our issue. So the veterans oh, are treated like it's horrible. And a so, major, yeah. major identity issue. Unbelievable. Yeah. Which, which further just... exacerbates uh, the post-traumatic stress syndrome. So, again, Absolutely. that's that loop that I was referring to. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Right, you know, and now there's you treaties are... being broken. So even though Harper gave an apology, right? He said we're so yes. sorry for all of the crimes that we've done for you for centuries, <laughs> ever since we came here, yeah. and we're very sorry. We can see the damage that it's done. We're very sorry, and et cetera, et cetera. Shortly after that, the omnibus bill and Bill C63 was passed, which is the largest bill in Canadian history to pass, which violated all the water, which we are 
First Nations are are protecting those. Our trees protect the water. That's what Mm -hmm. they do. So it's not an Indian issue. And one of the things that Idle No More brought up was this is not an Indian issue. This is a human issue. Any human being is on this planet is protected by the the treaties that Indians or First Nations or Native Americans signed with the government. What we, you know, these treaties were, as long as we are here, we get to protect the waters. And once they violated that by passing this bill, it put every water base at risk of contamination. That's why we were looking for people to support this bill when they were like, well, that's an Indian issue. No, it's not. This is a human issue. Mm-hmm. Those treaties are all of our treaties. These treaties protect every human being. Exactly. But nobody understood that because the education system, universities and colleges don't educate you that these treaties are to protect everyone. You know? Sure. When did that yeah. pass? That was just recently. And um, there's still, it was like that bill. And that was a year, a year and a half ago. We were on, we were marching for that bill, and mm-hmm. trying to gain um, support for that. That and and then right after that, it was bill after bill after bill. Harper is just completely dissecting every right that we've ever had. The medicine chest, which is a Treaty Six, um, Chief Big Bear signed the medicine chest because it's like if you ever practice your own medicine or your own ceremonies you could be burned or thrown in jail then eventually and what we'll do is we'll give you this medicine chest and it's the symbol is like you know a box with band-aids and you know things that you need in order to stay healthy so that medicine chest said we agree to give you full 100 percent health care under our system if you stop practicing your Indian ways, your Indian medicine, so because it's illegal now, so you know, doctors started or natives started going to the the white coat doctors, but then now that's even being dissected, where your medical care is being violated, and they're dissecting the everything. I mean, it's just one thing after the next. Our education bill has been just reformed again, where they're taking post secondary budgets away, and you're no longer they're no longer funding. Um, education, you know, things like that. It's every treaty slowly being broken down um, to where there's there's going to be zero zero rights, and none of the treaties are going to be honored soon. They're violating you everyone know, as we speak. I don't know if it's the case also in Canada, but in the United States, reservations were deemed, as far as I know, and please correct me if this is not accurate, as far as you know. Uh, deemed sovereign land, and the yeah. native peoples were also granted sovereignty. And as as yeah. though from a legal point of view, it is a nation unto itself. Now it will never be not subject to federal jurisdiction. Illegally, it's supposed to be, but practically, it's of course it's not going to be because of what we no. refer to as resources. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you talk about that? Is there any acknowledgement of the notion of sovereignty and so that you could practice your own culture and your own medicine and healing ways among on your own land? Is that yes, been on our own land. I mean, sovereignty uh sovereignty was supposed to be part of the treaty, right? You are a sovereign nation, yeah. you are allowed to govern your own. But there's that there's no such thing. Right now there's the Transparency Act which is going to be, you know, right now it's on the table. The Transparency Act eliminates any kind of privacy that there ever was. But um 
not only that, but I mean, you're only you're only sovereign until you're successful. So as long as you're poor, you're sovereign. It's like oh, you're a sovereign nation. Deal with your own issues. But once you have money or you have resources, that word disappears out the window so fast, and regulations oh, kick in so quickly. So it's like, yes, I got it. as long as you're poor and we yeah. don't deal with you, oh, sorry, it's your, your people are starving, you have contaminated water, that's your issue. You're a sovereign nation. Right. But exactly. once you have money or casinos or anything, the government is controlling every single thing, and they take profits off of that. So if you're really sovereign, that shouldn't be an issue. But it is. They control and govern what you get permits for and and who you do business with. The, and then they stipulate everything. So it's like in order to have that, you need to have um, an agreement with the fire department. What if there's a fire? You're going to use our city city firemen for your thing? Then here's an, yeah. another agreement. And they they continuously make all of these ways to control what you're doing. Oh. Well, so there's no such thing. Hey, if you ever see, if you want to joke, look at look at Bush. Just Google Bush and sovereignty. He was a question one time at a at a Native American conference and says, "What what is sovereignty then?" Because everybody's saying, "What yeah. does this word mean?" You know, and he said, "Well, uh, sovereignty." And you could see the dumb look on his face. Excuse me, but <laughs> <laughs> this is Bush. So he goes, uh, "Sovereignty is uh, sovereignty." It's like he didn't even know how to define sovereignty. <laughs> exactly. So how do you how are you going to really respect and honor sovereignty if you don't even know what it means or how to spell right, it? Right. You, you know? can't even spell it. You know. You can't even exactly. spell it. <laughs> um, another major so, issue, of course, that we're facing today uh, is between Canada and the United States, of course, and a lot on First Nations land is uh, the mm. issue of tar sands. And the tar sands issue is so, pardon the expression, crude and rude and disrespectful to Mm -hmm. all beings. Uh, And uh, I know that the First Nations have very much rallied together in a very powerful way uh, around this issue. Can you uh, Uh talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the people that are directly affected by the negative of our First Nations, go up to Fort Mackay, go to Fort Chip, where people are dying of cancer. I was just talking to my mom about this today. Uh, when I was in Fort Mackay and I was filming there, because this was all going on and we were all rallying together and trying to yeah. to get to the bottom of this and see how we can form alliances and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I took off to a healing walk around around um, Fort McMurray, where all the tar sands are and the duck the tailing spawns and all those kinds of things. And it was a reality check for me because I've been living in Los Angeles and then I go to Fort Mac where it looks like, uh, you know, the thickest clouds are living on the ground. And what that is is contamination that people are breathing in. And when I went to Fort Mackay to go attend a meeting and I brought my camera in to film this, they, they wouldn't allow it. They said, no, 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 you can sit in here if you want. We can't stop you, but you can't film anything. So I said, okay. So people knew I had a camera, so they invited me to their place after. So these women are sitting around, and they're talking about the experience of living in these contaminated areas, the deformations that are happening to their children that are being born. Their children are are, are raised in fear of water. So um, 
you know, where they live by uh, Lake Athabasca or the Athabascan River or any of those areas there in Athabasca, um, where before their children were raised playing in water and they would fish and all that. Now you don't touch the water. The fish in it are are completely contaminated. contaminated. And that is is unbelievable. And their children, there's no such thing as bathing anymore. You know, when you had toys for your kids and they would play in bubbles in the bathtub, that sure. doesn't exist. There's no such thing. You get your child in the shower, you shower them under six minutes, or they end up with scabs all over their body. And when I said, well, ladies, what about the evening when you light a candle and you relax in the bathtub? They've never even known that. They don't even know what that means. So this is, and this is in an area where, you know, there's no such thing as playing in the sprinkler. None of those summer activities with water or even drinking water. You have to ship it in. All, it's, it's unreal. And then all kinds of cancers are going on, left, right, and center. They're just dying left and right. So that and this is, is all in the tar sands uh, area. Yes, and that's the reality of what happens with the tar sands. Or any, any area that's affected from a spill or any, you know, where, where they ship it through the water, when there's spills in the water, anyone that's in the area where those affect the water system, it's, they're all affected by it. But not only that, the air travels. So all the areas where that, you know, the the, the wind blows and, and passes all of those fumes and it settles. It's got mass. Like that stuff, it's, it actually sticks to you. I walked that whole area where we marched and it sticks to you. You can feel it on your skin. You can smell it. You can taste it. It's unbelievable. So, Georgina, yeah. this is in Canada, right? Well, this is the area that I went to, but but oil is is in Texas. It's it's, a, it's you know wherever oil yeah, is, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. sucked out of the ground. Yeah, right. right. But the tar sands in particular, to answer the question, Nancy, is largely in Alberta, the Calgary, Edmonton, et cetera, areas of Alberta, uh, not limited there, it's, but it's a huge business. I know I've been in Jaffrey, British Columbia, yeah. uh, and I've flown yeah. into Calgary a couple of times. I know that it's it's an oil town is what it's become. It didn't used to be there. I was there doing a theater piece back in the early 80s, and it was just a friendly, you know, cowboy town, you know. But, oh, my God, now it's just complete right. Now it's all oil. It's all oil money and big, big money. And, of course, they want to come with the XL Keystone Pipeline and bring it straight across the United States to Mexico. And... uh you know, that, that's a whole other conversation, but it's completely integrated into everything that you're sharing. And what we're seeing is that there is this, self de- uh, this self-destructive um, component of, of humanity, of mankind. Not all. I would really say it's a rather segregated group of people who are sort of raining on everybody's parade. I think that your so-called rank-and-file human being wants to live and let live and wants to prosper mm-hmm. and enjoy life and enjoy nature and enjoy family and um, yeah. live, you know, a sustainable lifestyle. And then there is a, uh, you know, a group of bandits, if you will, uh, robber barons who just can't get enough. They're like, you know, in Tibetan Buddhism, we call them the hungry ghosts where they cannot ever be nourished. Nothing right. is ever enough. And so they rape, yes. plunder, pillage, 
everything, everywhere, and there is no boundary they know. And that's what we're mm-hmm. seeing. I mean, this afternoon I did a, an interview with a, another filmmaker um, who made a film that Nancy will also be featuring in her wonderful Paradigm Shifts uh, film festival called Oil and Water, and it's about the scourge of oil all over one of the lungs of the earth, which, of course, is the Amazon rainforest. And the, mm-hmm. the, as you were saying up in those um, forts, Georgina, the cancer rates, the pollution rates of the water, it's undrinkable. It, the whole thing yeah. is a completely untenable, unesthetic um, destruction of our environment. And it's just so they can rape, pillage, plunder the land and take the money even right out of the Amazon basin. The people themselves don't get a penny. They just are mm-hmm. left Absolutely. with the residue, you know. Yes. Well, I'd like so, to emphasize what George said earlier, that this is not a, a Native American issue. This is a human issue. Yeah. We correct. as brothers and sisters in one household, that's Mother Earth's planet, we're brothers and sisters, each and every one of us, and now we are coming together and we're going to make these changes. There's no question about it. And mm-hmm. I want to no, say like that, also <laughs> that yeah. whenever yeah. the Native indigenous peoples have been given back the land that's been corrupted and polluted when they get in charge and 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 get it into their hands it's turned around almost instantaneously they know how to bring it back they know how to bring mother earth uh and the planet into balance and harmony and and so this is going to be the way it's going to work going forward uh, because this is uh, the cry from nature and mother herself. She yeah. will mm-hmm. be the leader in this. I am certain. Yeah. Uh, so that it's I inspiring. I love that certainty, Nancy. I love that it's certainty absolutely from your mouth certain. to God's ears. I'm going to push for a <laughs> positive God bless outcome you. because you it's, bet. Uh, oh yeah. That's what this it's game of, of pulling back the veil is all about, is it's going for a positive outcome with the fundamental right. notion that if people see the truth, it's going to reach deeply into their hearts, and they're going to quiver, and they're going to shake, and they're going to say, oh, my God, what have we done to the earth? What have we done to each other? To Let's stop right. this mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> God. So we so have listen, the power closing, of we. Oh, yeah. We are just Obviously. about out of time here, um, okay. and Nancy, I'd like to invite you to uh, share with us the films for the next uh, following weekend of the Paradigm Shifts Film and uh, Music Festival. <laughs> Yes, let me quickly say Thursday, March 26th at 7 p.m., we are showing a dynamic film called Taking Root, The Vision of Wangari Maathai, uh, the great visionary from Kenya, Africa, who won the 2004 Nobel Peace Prize, who rallied thousands of women to plant trees. She did great work for human rights and the Green Belt Movement, uh, a giant on the planet and a, uh, a visionary. Then Friday, March 27th at 7, we're showing two films, uh, one called American Outrage, 
that follows two elderly Native American sisters whose land was taken away from them by the government. And then that same mm-hmm. night we're showing standing on sacred ground, pilgrims and tourists, and it follows uh, five indigenous um, communities uh, that are uh, working to maintain the sacred ground and the land. Um, then Saturday, yeah. March 28th in the afternoon, we have a beautiful film called The Whale Saving Luna about a baby orca whale um, that got taken away or separated from its pod and that whole story. And then that evening, uh, uh, March 28th at 7, we have Older Than America uh, with Georgina Lightning. And then Sunday, March 29th at 3, we're showing the wonderful film Oil and Water. Um, And Sunday evening, we close out at 7 p.m. with um, live music from the Whiskey Spitters from Brooklyn, Mandolin, Fiddle, (laughs) Banjo Band. What a name. Um, And the two films, Growing Cities and Brooklyn Farmer, that trace the urban farming that's going on in cities across the country and and how that's all happening. So uh, we're excited. I'm very pleased. Thank you, Nancy. That's very wonderful, and thank you for putting this great, great film festival. I mean, I tell you, I feel like I want to kind of move into Baruch for two weeks, you know, and just kind of plant myself at the Performing Arts Center. And I also want to uh, say that our partners, the Environmental Education Fund, uh, with the great passionate leader, uh, Lindsay Kamen, who's the president, she and I uh, have uh, joined forces to identify uh, these films and make this all happen. And uh, they are tremendous leaders in this uh, field and doing more in colleges around the country. Beautiful, beautiful. And what you put together is a really nice blend of music and of uh, of uh, film. So, you know, it's, it's not just like going to a film. It's going to a concert and a film and then a discussion, oftentimes with a filmmaker, either in present, uh, like Georgina Lightning will be on... Uh, March 28th, or by Skype, and um, many of those evenings I'll be facilitating a conversation between the filmmakers and the audience, Q&A, and as well, a hopefully robust discussion of the subjects of the film uh, with the audience. So we really, really are interested in engaging the audience to kind of think and speak so it's not just a passive experience. And I know, Nancy, this is very much part of your entire perspective, that it's not just a passive watching, viewing experience, but it really reaches into the heart and it brings people to a level of wanting to be engaged and in action about the subjects of the films. So Beautiful. Uh, thank you. Absolutely. I want to thank you both for being on the show today. Uh, it's heartwarming that, you know, you're both doing what you're doing. Georgina, it's such a pleasure to have you, you on. And I'm so glad that you have gotten the acknowledgement that you have with the awards that you have. Uh, you so deserve it. And I oh, want to see such you. a triumph. I want to see such a triumph. You've done a beautiful job. and uh, We'll have you on the other show in short order, May 24th. Uh, May 24th. I'm sorry. Uh, March 24th. So... 
Wonderful. Another awesome. audience we have will yeah. be inviting you back again. Okay. Great. <laughs> Thank Wonderful. you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Thank see everybody you so much in for joining. Georgina uh, Lightning, Georgina. I believe we'll see you soon. And Nancy Rhodes, thanks again for all of the good work you're doing and uh, putting on this. It's such about a lot of work to put these things on and mount them and coordinate all of the details. It's it's daunting, and uh, you just do it like a pro. And I just want to thank you for what you're doing. <laughs> thank you, Mitchell. We're, yeah. we're thrilled to be here. My pleasure. Good wishes Very to good. you and a better world, yeah. helping a yes, better world. Yes, indeed, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Forward we go. Thanks again, both of you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Good night now. Bye-bye. Good night. So we have uh, really gone to town with uh, the lovely director uh, and actress, Georgina Lightning, a uh, Native American, First Nations woman from uh, Alberta. And uh, she's just had an extraordinary life in the film Older Than America, starring Adam Beach, Bradley Cooper, and her, Georgina Lightning, uh, has just been shown all over. She said it's been translated into numerous languages. That's so heartening to hear. And the cost of doing a theatrical run is virtually prohibitive for independent filmmakers. And unless there's some stroke of genius or they know the right person at the right time, they just don't get that opportunity. And uh, But thankfully, we have media today, like A Better World, like Progressive Radio Network, like, you know, to some extent, um, many other alternative were called, I guess we're called alternative, because we're not commercial mainstream. Media outlets, and God bless the Internet, is allowing for the proliferation of, of voices. And we don't need to kowtow to the commercial interests in the ways that we have traditionally had to do if you wanted to get a little peep of the truth out. Now we have whole shows dedicated to such things, such as A Better World and truly many others. And I am uh, surrounded by other giant heroes uh, to my left and my right. And it's beautiful for me to interview such people as Georgina Lightning and Nancy Rhodes and all the others that I've had great opportunity to speak with on this show and bring out their wisdom and their heart and their truth and what they have to share with us all, sometimes through film, sometimes through writing, sometimes through any number of different media and arts. That's what we so love to do. And uh, so I want to just uh, really um, make a few announcements. Of course, uh, first and foremost is the Encompass New Opera Theater. It's called Paradigm Shifts, which starts March 19th. And if you can make it, please do. If you're anywhere within reach of New York City, the Big Apple, March 19th with the David Schnitter Quintet, uh, with vocalist Marty Mabin, as Nancy was sharing with us before. We'll also see a few trailers, some previews of the films to come throughout the two weeks. 
uh, and a short that evening. And uh, actually, we're still looking for that short. We are looking at a few right now, and uh, we haven't made the final selection. If any of you listening want to make a recommendation, email me at mjr at abetterworld.net which I love to hear from you anyway, mjr at abetterworld.net. We'll also have some uh, reception that evening as well. That kicks it all off March 19th. You can go to abetterworld.tv or uh, the direct website of theirs, encompassopera.org, to uh, get tickets. And there's uh, something that wasn't mentioned. There is a early bird special discount. I don't know what it is. I don't know the details, but uh, it is on our site if you click through where it says Paradigm Shifts right on our home page. And uh, certainly make a point of being there March 28th for Older Than America. It's chilling. Bradley Cooper, honestly, and Adam Beach are awesome. And Georgina Lightning, oh, you just heard her. So that goes without saying. But truly brilliant, really down-to-earth performances. And it's Oh, it's so much. And I will also make reference to a few. Occupy the Farm, Todd Darling I had on Progressive Film Hour just about four to six weeks ago. And uh, it's a really fine film. I interviewed the filmmakers, Lisa Burton and Alan uh, Dater of Taking Root, the vision of Wangari uh, Mathai, if you want to learn more about that and see here some clips. Uh, you can go to a betterworld.tv under radio archive. Um, and today, just this afternoon, I interviewed uh, Francine um, um, Strickwerda, and uh, I didn't interview Laurel Spellman Smith, but she's the other filmmaker. But I did interview Hugo Lucitante, who was the uh, really sort of the star of the film in many ways. He and David Porras. Really, really interesting, heart-rending story about what's going on with the interface of oil, government, power, and the native peoples in Ecuador, and possible solutions, Um, if not full-out solutions, at least some interim steps that are being taken through a gentleman named David Poritz and the work that Hugo is doing. He's now in school preparing in the United States, uh, studying environmental science to go back down to his nation um, and uh, the COFAN and uh, be a leader among his people that are dwindling way too quickly. I mean, we just hard to fathom what human beings do to each other for money, uh, which seems like it's the... It's the sacred ritual object of the 20th, 21st centuries, and we really have to change that around. And for any of you who have heard my interviews with people from the Pachamama Alliance, among others, but I consider them to be a leading organization that uh, is really pioneering the way across the world. I think they're in 81 countries and dozens of languages uh, conveying words of hope, like Nancy was so filling us with this evening, um, words of hope and courage to, this is a mental thing, folks. It sounds funny. It looks like it's a, it's a physical money thing, but our relationship to money in our minds and to power in our minds is what's causing this 
issue and the way we are raised and actually who we were and how we were treated in utero is where these problems originate. This is where they originate. And I, for one, as a holistic, obviously, psychotherapist, coach, counselor, stress management consultant, um, am completely dedicated toward working with these issues at inception. And at inception is close to conception. Uh, It's actually a little before conception. It's the minds and the hearts and the souls and the thoughts of the parents to be, to conceive. And the journey, those first nine months, well, let me put it this way. On March 11th, at One Spirit, A Better World, and One Spirit Interfaith Seminary and Learning Alliance are partnering to have an evening at the uh, One Spirit Seminary at 247 West 36th Street, 6th floor, to address these issues. That's March 11th, and uh, at uh, doors open at 6.30. It's going to be a powerful presentation on pre- and perinatal psychology and conscious birthing and conscious conception pregnancy, and beyond, yes, i.e. our lives today, Um, but we're going to be doing a really close look at the gestation period and how our formation is created right then and there, folks. There's a tremendous amount of influence parents have, grandparents have, extended family has, while the Infant is still in the womb. This is the formatory period. And this evening, as well as the next evening, March 12th at the UN, we're going to be highlighting this. We'll have some wonderful people like uh, uh, Dr. Francois Amigues, osteopath from Jaffrey, British Columbia. I made reference to it in earlier in the show will be speaking and demonstrating a maneuver that can help to avert the use of cesarean sections tremendously, if not 100%, perhaps 90 or 85% or 80%, a significant amount can be averted. Uh, we will have um, Laura Uplinger from Rio de Janeiro, such a lovely woman who calls herself a utopian who wrote uh, the script for a film called The Gift of the Unborn Child. Monica Matos, another filmmaker who made is, is in the making of a film um, called Life Imitates Birth. Uh, Carla Machado, also from Brazil, will be coming up, who has been involved um, in the midwife doula community for a long, long time. We'll all be converging at uh, One Spirit. I'll be the MC and the moderator. And we're going to really be, just like at uh, the Paradigm Shifts Film Festival, engaging the audience in dialogue. Um, we're going to also have a lot of midwives and doulas and OBGYNs, God willing. So uh, it will be robust and uh, it's free. You know, we just asked for, uh, or one spirit asked for a, a, a love offering of whatever size or none. It's all it's okay. We want you to be there. 
So please pass this on, if you would, to others that uh, if you are not in New York or cannot make it for whatever reason, you may know people who are um, newlyweds or uh, parents-to-be or people who are parents and would like some greater understanding and coaching and to sort of expand the lens of understanding the nature of early uh, development. Uh, it would be really wonderful for you to pass this on to them. We're looking to get the problem solved from the beginning, folks, so we do not have racism and bigotry and prejudice and power grabs and control issues and the acquisitive consumerist mentality that makes God money. We want to reorient and transform this peculiar way of thinking and uh, reset our lives in accordance with the magnificence of nature and biology and the magnificence of the cultures that we have been raised in, the positive side. We know there's a shadow everywhere. There are intelligent, respectful ways to deal with shadow material that we don't have to be overshadowed by the shadow. So this is all incredibly important stuff that I really want to bring to bear. As well as I'm making announcements, I'll make one more here, uh, which is March 16th, a Monday evening, where FIONS, the Friends of the Institute of Noetic Sciences, of which I am a board member, uh, is partnering also with One Spirit for a series we are calling Conscious Conversations. And uh, I'm starting the first one uh, with my associate and colleague, Robert Levine, both of, which, both of whom will be uh, uh, co-facilitating the evening. I'll be doing a, first a, a PowerPoint presentation to kind of kick things off after a little music by Kristen Hoffman, a beautiful singer and musician uh, who is also part of our board. And... Uh, She's becoming an internationally known musician. It's just beautiful what she's doing. Highly inspiring work. And uh, the uh, PowerPoint will sort of incite the group present to dialogue about the importance of environmental and economic justice issues. And uh, so please know you can uh, attend that. Again, it's free. And it's at 247 West 36th Street. Uh, doors open at 6.30. We should be finished by 9. So as you can tell, there is a lot happening. And interspersed throughout it all are my workshops called Heaven on Earth. We'll be meeting next March 9th, uh, which is this coming Monday evening at 6 p.m. down at TRS 40 exchange place just go to my website it's all there and a betterworld.tv it's way too much for any one person to remember any of this at last a better world foundation unlimited has just received its uh proper legal incorporation toward the end of february i just found out yesterday that we have become the first step of a nonprofit we are officially a nonprofit and will be getting our uh, federal designation in the upcoming weeks, which means that any time, anyone, anywhere makes a donation to a better world, we will be able to grant you a tax-deductible status. 
a tax-deductible donation you would be making as of actually now. So uh, I'm very, very happy about that. It's been many years in the making. You could ask me why I waited so long, and I don't have an answer. (laughs) But I'm glad it's our true spirit. It's a spiritual uh, foundation. It's an educational foundation utilizing media. This is our temple. This is where we conduct our services. So I want to just thank you all for joining in. I want to thank Georgina Lightning, director of Older Than America and one of its stars. And I want to thank Nancy Rhodes, one of the main uh, impetuses behind Encompass New Opera Theater's Paradigm Shifts uh, Music and Film Festival that you can read about on our website as well as theirs. So thanks again. There's stuff for the whole family during the course of these two weekends, starting off Thursday evening, opening night, with the David Schneider Jazz Quintet vocalist, Marty Maben. So please join us, and I'll be facilitating a lot of the conversations. I look forward to seeing you all there. Get onto our site and join the newsletter if you don't get it yet. And I look forward to seeing you all next